Hey, Gestalt Education Nation, uh, new sponsor alert, new sponsor alert. Today, we're excited to announce uh, Dynamic Disc Designs and Jerome Fryer. Uh, we have an awesome discount code for you. Just use the code Gestalt uh, to get a little bit of money off on the, the Dynamic Disc Designs. They're the, the most realistic anatomical discs that we've ever seen. If you caught our, our episode with uh, Dr. Stuart McGill, you saw an entire shelf full of them. Everything from cavitation instruction to uh, uh, disc dysfunction to SI joint dysfunction, all sorts of amazing joint stuff. Joint movement, yes. vertebral movement. Absolutely. So uh, go to Dynamic Disc Designs, uh, use the code Gestalt. As always, you can use the code Gestalt on Core 360 belt to get a, a little discount on the belts there. We love to use that for biofeedback for teaching respiration, intra-abdominal pressure, and how the, the abdominal wall should be working in, during function. Uh, and then the last one, use the code Gestalt Education 10. Those will all be in the description in the podcast. Gestalt Education 10 at humanlocomotion.com uh, to get off uh, some money off of all of his awesome gadgets and tools and uh, rehab uh, materials. What's your favorite, Brett? He's got a trunk full, but I think, you know, integrating the Topro in, I think, has been a game changer for us here at the office. So I think that would be my pick. Beautiful. All right, guys, don't forget, use the code Gestalt, Gestalt Education 10. Uh, visit the show notes and you'll be uh, hooked up. Thanks. Enjoy the episode. everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Gestalt Education Show. Uh, today we are sitting down with our very, very special guest all the way from the Czech Republic, Yakim uh, Kohler. So Yakim uh, came for uh, to, to basically hang out with us for two weeks. And uh, so we've been had the pleasure of being in the clinic with him, treating patients with him, uh, talking about cases, talking about all sorts of amazing things. And uh, the thing that we're going to break down today is that your big uh, passion project, if you will, is the visual system on movement. So how the visual aspects, uh, how our eyes uh, literally create movement and uh, how it all is kind of played in together. And so that's what we're going to get into. But first off, you brought us a little treat today. Yeah. So can you tell us what, what you brought us? Well, so like this is a typical Czech drink. It calls Slivovice. Uh-huh. Uh, so let's just taste it, guys. Yeah, enjoy yeah, enjoy, enjoy Thanks for being here. Yeah. And how we say in Czech Republic, Nazdravi. Nazdravi. Yeah. That's right. What a start. We're, we're off and rolling now. Beautiful. Well, Yakim, uh, give us a little bit of a, just a quick background on you and then uh, how you got involved with DNS. But then, uh, and then we'll kind of get into to the topic of our conversation today. Yeah, of course. So I'm coming from Czech Republic. I work uh, at the private clinic of Pavel Kolash. Mm -hmm. Your father, right? Uh, that's not my... <laughs> yeah, that's kind of confidence. We have the uh, same last name, but unfortunately, we don't have the same skill. Sure. Uh, so it's just like in Czech Republic, Kolash, it's quite common last sure. name. So. And yeah, it's kind of funny. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I don't know, like... Six years or five years ago, I started like to work with DNS, with DNS treatment, with DNS assessment. And also I was trying to like think, okay, so how we could like improve the exercise. Uh, I'm always, I, I always was like totally fall in love with the sport. So I love like work with athletes, mm -hmm. with the sports club. And so for me, like those was the question how could I like improve the sport performance and also like my for example my body mm -hmm. so my question was that sometimes I could see that a lot of athletes are really like coming back to me so they had some problem 
we treat it, it was okay, and then they come back because of the same reason. Mm. So I started to think, okay, so maybe it's not the problem only in your body mm-hmm. and in your concentration of the joints and stuff like this, but maybe the problem could be in your brain or and that's would be the topic in your sensors Mm -hmm. and like the problem with for us the main sensor is vision Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's like really i would give you a really uh, simple example if you don't have a really like good visual acuity then like your head will go forward and we can talk that we have like pelvis above the trunk mm-hmm. and above the head and it's not and it's not problem our trunk stabilization it's problem our vision mm. that we can see properly the for example the ball so and, and if we can see properly the ball our head like go forward and yeah our body is like totally collapsed uh, well and, uh, one of the the main aspects that i've heard you know brett you include in every single one of your presentations is the tenet of dns is multi-sensory integration and so i think that's exactly what we're going to get in today is yeah. it's not just the output but it's also the input that drives some exactly. of the output correct so where at in development does this kind of start if we look at you know a, a developing child in the first year of life like where's the visual systems first start to get its integration yeah, so and, the first point is that all start from the six week of childhood development uh, in the sixth week the little kid little newborn started to optic fixation mm-hmm. which is really important for the next like the next to move to next level of movement mm-hmm. if finally the kid see something or like catch something by the eyes then the movement that could like th- that could give the idea to 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 his brain or her brain that okay so i can finally see something so let's let's play with this mm-hmm. let's catch this so lately we can see okay so so the, the kid wants to like to catch the ball or catch the toy or just catch your dad or yeah. mother <laughs> mother doesn't matter uh so yeah that that could like that could be, I think, that the first like point that is really we could see that how important is optic fixation, even in the childhood, and how like the optic fixation started to grow the movement. And do you think then, you know, if you know we teach in DNS that maybe thirty percent of the children are not going through the ideal development? Do you think that same 30% then their visual system is also being impacted because of that? So if we're talking about central coordination disturbance, then these children are also uh, possibly also having trouble coordinating the muscles around the eye? Yeah. I'm assuming yes, but... Uh, yeah, for sure. I think I think that definitely you are right. I'm not sure about the how many percent it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but... Okay. I don't know if it's like thirty percent, forty percent, twenty percent. Yeah. But yeah, it definitely. Like, of course, like our movement. Yeah, that's kind of like we have so many sources what give us the information, and it makes us for like the outputs and the outcome. So. And I think you know here in the U.S. the visual systems probably like the next frontier. I feel like so. And you and I we've had some good conversations recently about uh, what we're about to talk about. So, you know, especially in the professional teams, I'll speak for baseball. 
we have like a lot of technology now to help um you know either virtually like be looking at what you know the ball would look like coming out of the hand mm-hmm. for all pitchers in baseball uh however i think the one thing that kind of gets glossed over is that um, there's a lot more involved than just like looking at a computer program and just training movement of your eyes. And what we talked about the other day, we were kind of talking about, like, if we just use the analogy of a shoulder, for example, mm-hmm. uh, we all know that you can have a relatively pain-free, decently moving shoulder, but that doesn't mean that all the muscles are being coordinated in the most ideal way. So if we took the six muscles around the eyeball, do you think it's possible that we could start to develop imbalance between these eyes for what, or between these muscles for whatever the reason is? And maybe that could be compromising blind spot and other Yep. other things with the yeah division. we have like a couple of uh like manual therapy how to we can like influence also our eye muscles so it's a, a lot of like a like a fascia points also trigger points like right here in my it's not that we should like press to our eyes it's just like press here the like the strongest muscle it calls the superior oblique Mm-hmm. Uh, a muscles which is probably the main muscles for the accommodation and like doing a movement and like catching something yeah so these muscles i really i think that i would say uh very often it's in hypertennis so of course it's same like if you work with a good stabilization of the shoulders uh, so you release the fascia points here, trigger points around the shoulders, and then put it to some DNS exercise. If we have a, like a really good, uh, like the source of information from our vision, definitely. So we have to start with release the trigger points mm-hmm. in our eye muscles, the fascia points around our eyes, and yeah, and that could be like the preparation for the system. And yeah, we could like receive a pretty good information in really higher quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I would like to say that, of course, like if you take, you have a blind people. Yeah. And uh, of course, like, let's say I wouldn't be rude, like normal people, sure. but it's not about like, okay, so everyone like we can see something that's not a problem, but and mainly in the sport, you like a normal vision it's that's not enough yeah you have to uh, you have to have like a really like a good quality mm-hmm. yeah so that's try to imagine that the ball coming to you and there's a big difference if you know that the ball is like three meters in front of you or 2.9 meters mm-hmm. this is for example, baseball, tennis, American football, ice hockey. Wow, that's that's like that's that's gonna be a huge difference if you notice this maybe little, little, little like difference, di- yeah. little differences in your motor output and motor outcomes. Well, it's just like in the first year of development, we talked about that the visual system or the the need, right? The need drives the movement. I would say that the same thing in sports, like the, being able to identify, I think that's what you're saying, being able to identify where things are at. We talk about like, you know, Wayne Gretzky didn't go to where the, where the you know, yeah, where the yeah, puck was. It was where it's going to be. That, that's, that's a great sentence. Yeah. I know. I know that. Yeah. And so uh, I, I think that that's a very good, you know, 
thought to bring up is like being able to train the eyes to accommodate better. How, how do you then incorporate this maybe eye training or assessment into DNS exercise? Or what's kind of your ideas around around that? Well, I think that the trunk stabilization influences the optic fixation, but also optic fixation influences the trunk stabilization, which gives me like the energy that uh, the idea to have like a combination of vision training and DNS exercises could be really good mm. to mix it together. Well, I think too, I mean, it's been proven trunk positioning, the activation of the abdominal wall is definitely affecting how you're activating your cervical spine muscles. Mm -hmm. And I think we'd probably find that the cervical spine activation then is also affecting position of our head and things like that, which, which ends up affecting our vision. Yeah. In DNS, very often we are speaking, speaking about the correct timing of the muscles. Yeah. And we have a couple of research that the first move, if something like impress me here so the first move what i will do it will be with my eyes mm -hmm. and then goes ahead and rotate your, like your whole body so again it's still like same if the first thing will be incorrectly or will be will be do in a not a good quality yeah. then i wouldn't say like that everything will be ruined but yeah we don't have like the a really amazing movement, what the sports and what the athletes definitely need. And we talk about how destructive, like for the rotational athlete, early rotation yeah. will be, whether it's yeah. tennis, baseball, golf. And uh, a lot of times the eyes are, I think, the culprit because your eyes are focused on what you're trying to hit. Mm -hmm. Therefore, your body's trying to, in a way, move too early or too soon to try to get to the target. So the eyes then actually... It's not problematic. It's just the reality of like trying to get there too soon, and then yeah, it's almost tricking your brain. Yeah, to think, I just need to hit this damn ball now instead of allowing everything to kind of work exactly. Perfectly. Yeah. Beautiful. And then um, let's talk maybe a little bit. You showed us uh, some of the technology that you guys like. Uh, what's some of the technology you do utilize? And uh, you kind of explained to us earlier in this week about how you kind of incorporate that in with maybe some bear exercise or other exercise like that. Bear exercise, sitting, uh, also oblique sit. Mm -hmm. That's like kind of pretty good like exercise where you can combine uh, the vision training and with the DNS exercise. Uh, we have so many equipments what we are like using in the vision training. Uh, maybe you will know on, or in America it's really popular a synaptic program, mm -hmm. uh, also a neuro tracker mm -hmm. program. And this is like kind of like software in your, in your computers. Mm -hmm. And uh, like a really equipments what we are using, it calls Q-Ball. It's a reaction ball, not like in the properly size, but you have uh, mm, ridges and yeah. yeah, exactly. So if you just throw the ball, uh, you never make like a same position like repeatedly. Sure. Yeah. So the ball may react differently. You may yeah, and the ball, the ball, the ball has also a couple of numbers. So you are just trying to catching the ball and make it correctly, optic fixation, read the numbers, then throw back. Cool. Uh, so that's one that's, that's one equipment. Mm -hmm. Then we have, uh, it calls brain endurance stick 
it's kind of like stick like this so you have two stick which you can hold in your hands and again make a, some movement with the sticks and yeah of course again you can use the development position mm -hmm. so perfect yeah and also it's a marsden ball maybe i will show you pictures and we can like, yeah yeah add perfect to do video how, how it looks like yeah absolutely for the, That'd be great. Like, better put some links i'll put links in there. and then when you train vision with your athletes specifically uh, how long are the sessions? How many times a week? Like, what do you, to really have an effect on the visual system, what do you think that that looks like for the people that are specifically wanting to only train vision? Uh, I wouldn't say only vision. Yeah. I think but still, yeah. Um, uh, I understand. Maybe your assessment says I need to train mm -hmm. their vision. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's really hard question. It's even like how patients ask us, like, okay, so how how often do I have to like train the DNS? Right. Yeah, uh, definitely, it should be like every day, because we we would like to see that then it, the things will be like doing automatically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't have probably the answer that okay, so you have to do it every day, five minutes. And in thick, in six weeks, it's all like your your life will be changed. But do you think, are the athletes doing anything at home to train the vision, like with the computer program, or you're just kind of relying on that when they're with you in the office? Or No, 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 def definitely also train at, at home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I think that these equipments are kind of special, but you can use your thumbs. Mm -hmm. Just this. Really like uh, this exercise is called pencil push-up, so you can have your pencil. It doesn't matter, thumb, and doing just this. Yeah, still fixate one point. So this is like kind of really simple how we can like improve our vision yeah. and combine with my body. And yeah, for sure you can do it like at home. Sure. Without any problem. So, what well, about like uh, with your athletes? Are you having them uh, like pre-game? Let's say you have a hockey goalie. Like, <laughs> what are some of the things that uh, maybe how are, how are you training them to prime the brain? I have something, and I'm calling like it a warm up. Mm -hmm. It's just uh, these little uh, little very simple practice. Uh, I don't know, only four three minutes uh, before every game. Mm -hmm like to start your body your your vision then integration in your brain with the motor outputs because and again i think that's really like uh that should be noticed that it doesn't make sense that we are doing a warm-up for whole your body to like warm up my muscles yeah. and of course we have also muscles here and and the probably the most important thing our brain right so we should like start warm up also our brain yeah yeah very often we could see that the game is started and first quarter or first half in the game the guys are like starting to really slowly okay so warming up mm -hmm. so i think that that could be also like and you need just three four four minutes like mm -hmm. to warm up your vision, your brain, and yeah. I was yeah. telling Yakim one time when I was uh, over in Prague and uh, Pavel had us come to the soccer game and uh, Peter Cech, who was a, the famous goalie who wore the helmet, and uh, 
And he was just telling the story of like now, I mean, there's analytics like on, you know, where they're getting scored at and things like that. And ironically, as, as tall as Peter Check was, where he was getting beat was above him. So they were actually kind of working on like that deficiency. For some reason, something about his makeup was leaving him susceptible to that quadrant of getting scored on. So I think that like... I mean, there's a lot there that, you know, we can be looking at with our athletes if we're depending on like if they're the goalie, if they're, you know, where they're playing on the field. And there's like all kinds of things, even as physical therapists or chiropractors or trainers that we can be doing to like assess them and actually like have it spill over to their to their sport. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think like in the future, uh, these details will be really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Our athletes. Okay, so now all around the world you have internet, so you could see how the best athletes doing their exercises, training programs. So mm -hmm. if you really want to be at the top level, I think that you have to use these details. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if it's like vision training, DNS exercises, or, or really, I think now, cool stuff about uh, how we could sleep or nutrition mm -hmm. mental coaching yeah. yeah so these details will be really important mm -hmm. in the future for sure kind of a hot topic now is like being able to find like the athlete's dominant eye like like golf putting and like so then almost like changing the position of your cervical spine to put your dominant eye in a better mm -hmm, position mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh what's your thought on that because obviously now you're affecting the cervical spine and you're mm -hmm. you could be potentially maybe messing with some other things when we're talking about like dominant eye and like how to always put your dominant eye in the right position or is that maybe not a good idea or what? what's your thoughts on uh <laughs> yeah like the dominant eye, uh, that's really important. Uh, and to know what is your dominant eye and what is like dominant hand. It's really good to have like in the same size, so right and right, because then in your brain, it there won't be like the integration wouldn't be crossed. So you will have like more time to perceive the information. And yeah, in golf, uh, there is a couple things what you can like improve and definitely later again it will be same the optic fixation on the ball and like doing the right rotation could be definitely the way but i'm sorry i don't know like in too much to golf so well do you think then obviously you have a dominant hand mm -hmm. do you think you're born with a dominant eye or do you think that just kind of develops because or yeah like is there do you think both eyes are potentially equal and then no no, no. Dominant there's a dominant there's dom a dom yeah, okay definitely yep. definitely yeah. definitely and that's like what we where we are where we, that we were born with the dominant eyes so we couldn't change this right mm -hmm. yeah so yeah we in school very often we could see uh not so many athletic guys and very often these guys has a problem that, for example, they have dominant left eye and dominant right hand. Right. So this could be sometimes could be like tricky and could be problem, but we are not able to solve this. 
What do you think then, uh, like, you know, if we're talking about a low back, we're talking about joint dysfunction. We always kind of like try to give like an explanation of what went wrong. Mm -hmm. So if we're talking about the visual system, we just compare it to, like, just say pain. So you have nociception on your hand if you put your hand on that fire, Mm -hmm. but we don't have pain until your brain interprets that. So nociception is basically the affrontation of like what you feel. Now, in the visual system is fascinating because you have, like, mm-hmm. obviously the information, the afferent information that's coming back to your brain. But then because of blind spots and other things like that, your brain is left to basically fill in this information that we're getting. So then wh- where does it, you know, uh, what goes wrong? And this is really important to notice. It's not only the vision information. Yeah. It's like all sensory integration, which what we receive from the outside which goes to our brain and then the integration of this information our brain give us the correct motor output so it's not only the vision it's a proprioception it's a vestibular system auditory information so all information give us the full picture the picture and our brain like give us the prediction okay so how it's gonna be so Okay, so if I want to touch the fire, so maybe my eyes will be, oh, wow, that's cool. I would like to catch the fire, but my proprioception gives me, okay, so that's really painful. So did, definitely like this, this also like give us the feedback that I wouldn't do. Sorry to interrupt your episode, guys. I have to tell you about an important date to write down in your calendar, November 3rd through the 5th, the first annual Neurodynamics World Congress coming to you at Parker University in Dallas, Texas, November 3rd through the 5th. This is an amazing opportunity to see a true gestalt weekend, meaning integration of multiple different people, multiple different techniques of the likes of Michael Leahy, Antonio Stecco, Brett Winchester talking about DNS, Annie O'Connor talking about pain classification mechanisms, David Seeming talking about the internal chemistry, uh, Jeff Bove talking about the research around nerves, uh, and of course Michael Shacklock talking about neurodynamics. This weekend at Parker University, November 3rd through the 5th is, 5th, is your opportunity to see not only lectures, but hands-on demonstrations and panel discussions at the end of every day to combine this all together to show how each of these different techniques is influencing the nervous system. This is an amazing opportunity to see all these people in one stage and one opportunity to have some fun with us uh, in Gasol Education. So, uh, Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode, and we can't wait to see you at Park University. It's November 3rd through the 5th. Registration open at gestaltedu.com backslash courses. See you there. <laughs> like well, in the future. And I also think, I mean, certain parts of the brain also, for example, like the hippocampus, which you're building memories uh, on previous experiences when you saw a tennis ball yeah. the on a kick serve, the ball did a certain thing. It, so It caused... Uh, Bayesian decision theory and it I think it's really like simple simple exam how our brains work so you have uh, two sources of information one is what you said the experience what you did what you like what you felt like previously and the second source will be our sensory feedback and so these two sources give us uh, it goes to our brain so the brain give us the prediction how it's going to be in the future so for example again tennis the ball goes into you and you remember okay so this guy he did a lot of top spins or probably 
the ball will go with the top spin. So I'm, I could like predict that I should, my motor outcome will be, okay, so I'll go more like backward. Yeah. And so this will be like the previous exper experience what I have. And also the second source will be my vision, my auditory, my vestibular system, that where I am in the space and what I'm, what I'm seeing like right now and prepare me for the best motor outfit. So do you think uh, knowing DNS and developmental positions on top of a computer program like Synaptic or whatever you might be using, do you think that's enough or do you think there's also a place for uh, uh, reflex locomotion according to Voita that might potentially be helpful for recoordination of the muscles around the eyeball or do you feel like that is not necessary? Let me think about it. Uh, well, Voita, a reflex approximation, the Voita therapist knows how the eyes important and how and they, you can see it. And you can you can yeah. see if you yeah exactly if you stimulate some point you can see with your eyes that also your eyes moving so in perfect coordination and, too yeah, yeah so I think if we talk about the correct timing so definitely it could be helpful to like mix the DNS exercise reflex locomotion vision training but yeah that's that's, that's what that's, I think yeah that's kind of so. interesting I. Have to, yeah. Well, and then I guess to, to add on that, what about, do you feel like in some of these cases, DNS is sufficient enough without the technology to training the eyes? Meaning, are we having an influence on the central nervous system enough mm -hmm. to change the coordination of the eyes just through developmental positions and training? I think that the trunk stabilization influence the optic fixation and also optic fixation mm -hmm. influence the trunk stabilization. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that you could do only DNS exercise mm -hmm. without any, like, knowledge about the vision and how important it is. And I think it should also improve you. But it's only my opinion, sure. so we and don't have research for that. What but. about then on assessment, Joachim? So, like, what are your favorite assessment tools? So we talked about if you just sit someone down in a chair and have no, them no, no. Uh, do gaze, like, is that sufficient? Like, how, how are you incorporating more, I don't know, make it look more athletic, if you yeah. will? Yeah, uh, we have a couple of assessment. While if you have a really correct assessment, it should be done by optometrist guy. Yeah, they have like a huge machine. Sure. So definitely the visual acuity, that's the really important. Yeah. If you don't have a good visual acuity, you need a good correction by contact lens or glasses. And what I do for assessment, it's very often I would like to see the fixation on one point and if my eyes could like do the correct fixation mm -hmm. and also do a whole range of motion mm -hmm. yeah so this is for me really important uh also i would like to see uh again the fixing the fixation point and the this this move it calls like convergence mm -hmm. Yeah, and this is yep. and convergence, sorry. Nope, you're good. <laughs> and this is like divergence. Yeah. Yeah. So again, I would like to see like how the eyes like works in the in the space. But for me it's really important if I put to some dynamic position. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because this the thing what I would like to 
mention and I'm not really like a fan that we should like to do this practice only in static position. Mm-hmm. I would like to see even if or especially when I work with athletes how it looks with the dynamic position. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my PhD program that I have the synaptic and I'm doing like synaptic uh, I'm doing the static synaptic assessment and then the dynamic with the vestibular system so we are doing with the heads like this and this and uh, now we can see like there is so many differences so yeah. when you're doing like statist static uh, the synaptic assessment you could say look yeah this well, this at least it's kind of good and then just really like three uh, 30 degrees to do left side 30 degrees to the right side with the metronome and yeah the, the outcomes are really different so yeah. that like gives me that okay so i think that definitely we should do in the dynamic position sure. because that's totally different yeah. and yeah uh, the sport performance it's not static sure. it's dynamic absolutely we and i mean you know you're at your clinic you guys are working on with some of the top athletes in the world what are the things that um yourself and the other therapists there pavel have noticed about these best athletes in the world what is it about their visual system that's better than the the mortals or the rest of the world that you know that maybe that we don't know what are they so good at with their vision that that is not talked about or understated maybe uh I will give you one example. One of our Czech best tennis player, uh, we did the assessment for the vision. He, uh, sorry, she won Wimbledon, I think, for two times. I don't want to mention her name. <laughs> you can probably figure it out, though. I'll, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you later. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we did a vision assessment for her, and uh, she wasn't so good. She was really not good so uh there is a question how she could be good if she would have these things at the top level maybe she would like win the Wimbledon for 10 times 10 <laughs> times not only two times so Do you think think then she's like excessively good at one of the other senses, maybe to make up for that? Exactly. Yeah. 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 And then maybe if we get really good in our assessment, maybe the future contemporary assessment of the athlete is actually finding these Mm -hmm. key links in these. For her, it might be vision or vestibular system. And then you can work specifically on those. Yeah, we have researched it, of course. Like if you compare a normal athlete's population with the non-athletes population the athletes these systems are they are like in the higher level but we don't have any research with the like really top athletes Mm -hmm. that would be like really interesting if okay if we take Connor mcdavid uh leonel messi cristiano ronaldo tom brady stephen carey lebron james so how these guys have this function, like if they are in the top level. I think so. Uh, I think if you want to be at the top level, you 
you can be blind to. <laughs> we tell a story about uh, in the 1940s, there's this really good baseball player here called Ted Williams. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he was the last player to bat 400, which is a really, really good batting average. But he was also, uh, uh, he fought in World War II and the Korean War, and he was a fighter pilot. And like he had like uh -huh. tons of kills, and he was an amazing fighter pilot. Went on to be a great fly fisherman. But the, what they said in baseball was they used to write either numbers on the baseball or they would yeah. put colors on it and he could recognize it. But, you know, we used to ask our players, like we'd say, like, could you ever be able to like be able to do that? And they're like, even this is MLB players. So like, there's no way I'd be able to do that. So either the story's gotten enhanced as the year's gone along or he had a special skill that was you know, and I think it, like sure. you said, it, it, I mean, visual acuity is part of it, but there's more to it than that. It's about like, it's I mean, about, it's a neurologic it's about, phenomenon. Yeah, it's about neurologic, it's about deep perception, uh, dynamic visual acuity, multiple object tracking, uh, peripheral vision, uh, what else, reaction time. And so it's not only, how I said, it's not only about your vision, it's also about your brain your eyes they are only receptors but your brain that's the software yeah yeah so of of course like if we want to have like a good outputs we should have a really good receptors then a really good software in our brain and these two things could give me the correct motor outcomes if i have bad receptors then the integration RN in my software will be also bad. And of course, my motor output will be also bad. And then some athletes, uh, there's a famous linebacker for the Bears called Michael Singletary. Mm -hmm. And I saw a special, he was being interviewed, and he said when he was a young kid, like 12 years of age, without anybody telling him, he was actually practicing looking forward and then seeing what was happening in his periphery. Like he was actually practicing that. And that skill is, it turns out, really important to play linebacker in the NFL. Sure. So like some of these athletes, it's crazy how clever their brains are to kind of know what skills are important for their for their skills. So sometimes like they're already working on it because for some reason they already know that it, it's kind of important. And so they kind of get an advantage without even realizing down the road. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Sweet. Uh, that, what a great conversation. I think we covered pretty much everything. Did we miss anything? I think that not. Well, here's I, what we have to do. When you finish your PhD, you have to come and present it to us. Okay. Completely, all the way through. So, uh, what about one more? It's kind of pressure for my PhD that I have to finish. That's right. That's, that's, right. that's, that's, that's right. okay. That's, that's okay. right. Uh, well, the next time you come to St. Louis, for okay. sure, we'll have you out here again. <laughs> but uh, maybe can you just, uh, I, I don't want you to, to brag on us, but anything that you uh, you noticed that you liked or didn't like about the clinic or the, your takeaways or anything like that? Any feedback for us? Well, I think that you guys are really amazing. Uh, in Czech Republic, or I think in all Europe, uh, we have like, our thinking is that the chiropractor is doing only like crack with the neck and popping the joints. And you guys doing, I think, really well, like the combination of the really soft mobilization or soft manipulation with the DNS exercise, uh, reflex locomotion, uh, I think it, you are doing really great. Oh. So that was like really pleasure to be with you guys. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, well, thanks for a good compliment. Never gets old. That's yeah, right. well, say it again been, a little louder. Yeah, a little little, well, it's been fun too. We we've worked up a couple of cases together, and I've kind of asked your opinion, and we kind of felt things back and forth, and it's just always fun to get a different opinion. You know, it's it's just uh, yeah. It's for just me, awesome. it was for me, it was awesome experience like to see how you work, <clears> guys, and like how is the differences between in Europe and America. Uh, Can I add one question? Mm -hmm. What do you think, Yakim, is the future for what is vision therapy in the athletic population? Or uh, maybe this is another part of the question. Does visual training also bleed over into general population treatment too, maybe down the road? Or is it just only for No, athletes? no, no. Uh, thanks for this question because I uh, should and I have to mention is that uh, the vision training, it's not only for athletes. It could be also for kids who has a problem with a, with a reading or writing. It could help with the neurological patient after concussions, after some brain injuries. So it's not it, the vision training. It's not only for athletes. Yeah. This is like, yeah, th this could be like the really like take home message that, uh, you, don't have to do the vision training only if you are top athletes at the major league or NFL or stuff like this. No. Beautiful. Way to go. You, were, you, you said you were nervous before we started, but you absolutely <laughs> crushed it. Yeah. We're so thank, you, thank you. I hope it's like my sentence will, uh, will be like understandable. Sorry for my broken English. No, it's perfect. I think I hope that next time I will be better. No, you thank crushed you. it, man. It, it was amazing. I, I think... Uh, it's something that uh, is going to be an ongoing conversation. I think vision is is one of those things that doesn't, I, I wouldn't say it's glossary, but maybe just we, we miss out on opportunities to see the awesome changes we're having in the visual system because we just don't assess it very often. Right. And so I think that's going to be my big takeaway is, is adding some of the things that you've talked about with the assessment and like how to assess it and then yeah, see like, if what we're doing is changing it because we may be having changes that we don't even realize by working yeah, yeah. on the so, trunk yeah. And, yeah. and things like that. So It's just about the realized things, what do we do? Exactly. And then talk about it. So beautiful. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for coming all the way to Prague. Uh, uh, DNS is literally the backbone of what Brett and I of Gestalt of Winchester Spine Sport and uh, television. We look through everything and we're so happy about it. Uh, we can't wait to uh, see you next time. Thank you guys. Rock and roll. All right. Thank Good luck you. patience. I'll talk to you next time. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Gestalt Education Show. Uh, if you liked it, share it, subscribe to it, uh, send it to your friends, send it to someone that needs to hear this message. Uh, we really want everyone to be able to, to tune in and, and get the, the best clinical advice that they can, which uh, we're hoping that we're giving to you with these special guests. So um, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us. Or if you have any suggestions on upcoming uh, conversations, let us know. Uh, for a list of our upcoming courses, we're adding them all the dang time. So go to gestaltedu.com, click on courses, and they'll all be right there for you. All right, have a good day.